In the name of the crucified and risen Christ. Amen. Lent, the 40 days we walk with Jesus towards the cross so that we may walk with him beyond the cross and death into Easter. On Ash Wednesday, we are all invited to a Holy Lent called the self-examination and repentance, fasting, self-denial and reading and meditating on God's holy word, which is to say reading and meditating on the Bible. As difficult as that sounds and may actually be, it is all by way of preparation. Preparation to help us stay with Jesus when times are good and preparation that we may stay with Jesus when times are bad for both Jesus and ourselves. Because since Jesus is fully divine, but also fully human, his story and our stories overlap. Nowhere is that more true than in today's gospel. Jesus had just been baptized. Now we are assured in our baptism that we are Christ's own forever. Jesus actually hears a voice from heaven proclaiming, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Pretty great, right? But that is followed quickly by the Spirit leading him into the Judean desert where he fasts for 40 days and is tempted by the devil. Pretty great start, pretty grim follow-up. Our story is neither, is neither as grand at its start with our baptism and God willing, not as grim in its follow-up. But Jesus' temptations, while proffered with scripture, the devil does manage to quote Psalm 91, which we just heard, proffered with scripture and supplied with dazzling visions, Jesus' temptations are in fact our own, our own and remarkably commonplace. We shouldn't let the drama of it fool us. Take that first temptation to change stones into bread. 40 days fasting, bread has to sound pretty amazing. But this isn't about Jesus saving himself with a magic trick. It is the temptation to put material needs and often our material wants above all else. Jesus chose to go into the wilderness. Jesus will be able to eat as soon as he leaves the desert. But hillsides covered in bread, well, why not? He does feed more than 5,000 at the end of a long day with plenty of bread and some fish besides, just to ease those who had gathered on their journey back home. And he heals ten lepers, the man paralyzed, brought to him by that man's friends, and scores of others. Jesus knows what we need, and God wants us well and whole and filled. But not filled with bread alone. Not filled even with just physical health. But healed. And no miracle alone can do that. 
for that kind of healing, for that kind of filling, for that kind of nourishment, we need the living bread. We need the water that springs up to eternal life. Those material gifts can remind us of God's goodness, but they are not God's goodness, not by themselves. We may know that, but we also know how easy it is to get stuck worrying about what we need, and then to confuse what we need with what we want, and then let our desire for material well-being become a surfeit of stuff that doesn't satisfy our deepest hunger. And that, as we continue to gather things, adds to the destruction of the planet and to the poverty of others. We do not live by bread alone, but the temptation to buy the bakery is real. The second temptation comes with that vision of glittering kingdoms. It is the longing for power and control. Sometimes we see the consequences of that temptation clearly. We did, finally, with Hitler. We see it now as Putin seeks to create his imagined imperial Russia, no matter the cost to the people of Ukraine or his own people within Russia. Hitler, Putin, both ostensibly Christians, but there seems to have been some agreement made with the devil. But if they are the extremes, that desire for power and to have it all, all the resources, all the people, all the land, is hardly new. It was Rome in Jesus' day. It was the quest for empire that brought Columbus to America and that same temptation that colonized the world and carved up the continents with no hesitation about killing and enslaving people and destroying cultures along the way. We like power, all of us. And we love the feeling of control and safety it provides. It's easier to look at it and see some evil when it's among nations and peoples. It's harder to face the ways we, in our daily lives, want to exert control and pass judgment. But we do it and often tell ourselves that the ends justify the means giving voice to the devil's very own theory. It has always been one of the devil's best arguments. Wouldn't it be better if I was in charge? Wouldn't things work out more smoothly if I directed things? So he tempts Jesus, so he tempts us, and so we convince ourselves. Then there is the last temptation, the one that seems so far removed from any temptation we face. Jesus atop the temple urged to jump. Surely God will protect his beloved son. We don't find ourselves transported atop tall buildings tempted by the devil. And frankly, in our experience, when people jump, it is from despair not grandiosity. But we all do want protection. 
We all do want to believe that good things should happen to good people, and we rail when bad things befall them. How often do we ask, whether aloud or silently, why me? What did I do? Somehow thinking that if we have done nothing wrong, nothing terrible would happen. But terrible things do happen. Good things too, of course. And those also come to the evil as well as to the good. The last temptation can to us feel like the least of them, like a dare that Jesus will, of course, refuse. But it is the hardest. And Jesus' refusal, the refusal for which we should give our greatest thanks. For the devil is asking Jesus to give up his humanity. And if the temptation is easily resisted on this occasion, the devil will, as promised, be back. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus sees death approaching, and he prays that God may take that cup of suffering from him. Refusing the temptation to, to be divine only, and not also human, will cost him his life. It will take him to the cross, where he will feel abandoned by God, having already been betrayed and denied by his friends. But in that garden, he resists the temptation again, when he finally says, Thy will, not mine, be done. His resistance, his refusal to jump when the devil says jump, is why we can face our own failings, our desire for power, our love of the material to the exclusion of the spiritual, our own fear at the prospect of death or the death of someone we love. Jesus said no to the devil in order to say yes to the cross and there to experience the cost of all our sin and all our fear and take them with him to the grave. So that on Easter, we might know that in the end, love prevails and claimed as Christ's own forever, know that our end shall be joy. It is Lent, a time for self-examination and repentance that we might thwart the devil and prepare for everlasting joy. Amen.